if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thanks for being with us as we get rolling at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on a Wednesday, the 16th morning of the ninth month of the year of our Lord 2020. Uh, a lot of very important news to get into today and two incredibly important guests to do it with us. Coming up in a half an hour, we're going to talk to Jack Windsor, managing editor of the Ohio Star, also reporter for WMFD Television. He got after Mike DeWine again yesterday. We're going to talk about, A, the COVID-19 uh, current situation in the state of Ohio, B, the tyrannical uh, orders given by our governor and his henchmen in the Ohio Department of Health in response to that pandemic, and see Jack Windsor as my guest tonight, or technically as our first presenter in our first uh, Citizens for Free Speech webinar, CFFS Ohio. Our first webinar is tonight, and you're going to want to be a part of that. Jack will take your questions uh, during that webinar tonight, and we'll let him tell you more about that coming up uh, at 9.35. Then at 10.10, you're in for a treat today. If you're a regular Wednesday listener and not a Tuesday listener, and everybody has different listening habits, obviously. But if you are not a regular Tuesday listener, that means you miss Kersenow each and every week. Your treat is the fact that Pete had to push from yesterday to today. So it's a Wednesday Kersenow day, and he will be with us at 1010 this morning talking about everything that matters most to you. And I guarantee you he is going to have a lot to say about what happened in Los Angeles County, in Compton, California, specifically with the ambush of those two deputies, and the fact that the left has not lifted a finger or said a word of support to those officers, those deputies, or their families. Kamala Harris goes and visits and describes as wonderful people Jacob Blake, who is facing trial for sexual assault, who had 911 called on him for sexual assault and trespassing, and theft of car keys, and a host of other things. Then when the police came, he resisted arrest, he struck an officer, and then, of course, we know what happened when he reached into the car when he was told not to, perhaps to get a weapon. He already had a knife, and, of course, we know he was shot. Jacob Blake, that criminal, and his family, and specifically his anti-Semitic father, 
who has been on the record being absolutely disgustingly racist and anti-Semitic. They're wonderful people, said Kamala Harris after meeting with them. Kamala Harris hasn't said a word and certainly has not yet gone to see or meet the wonderful families of those two L.A. sheriff's deputies. And Pete and I are going to talk about that, as well as critical race theory. And how about this? A little bit of something unexpected, a little bit of reason and common sense. Usually it takes, you know, bludgeoning over the head, and it's kind of what happened here, but reasoning and common sense. The CDC was planning to go forward with critical race theory training for all employees at the CDC, despite President Trump's um, uh, condemnation of it, and in fact, the president's virtual order that critical race theory not be taught by federal agencies or trained by federal agencies. They were going to go through with it anyway. It was an executive order that banned that theory from federal trainings. And the CDC was going forward until a whistleblower stepped forward and did indeed blow the whistle on this. Now that it has been exposed, the CDC has canceled that training. And if you don't know what critical race theory is, you need to pay attention. Seriously. Uh, we've been talking about it for quite some time. You've seen probably a lot of coverage of it on, on the news on television, or at least on certain networks like Fox. Uh, but it's extraordinarily divisive, and it's extraordinarily dangerous. So we're going to talk about that with Peter Kersenow as well. So uh, Jack Windsor and Peter Kersenow and you, whenever you are ready. Biggest story of the day should be this. Not at, Listen, I gave a lot of time yesterday to the enormous steps toward peace in the Middle East, or to a degree of peace. I don't know if peace in the Middle East will ever happen in our or in anybody else's lifetimes, meaning there will never be conflict in the Middle East. I don't think that's possible because the religious ideology is just too radical in certain segments uh, of the Middle East. But steps toward as peaceful a region as they can be, or there can be, were, were taken yesterday. We talked to Avi Berkowitz, who was a White House advisor, one of the principals in negotiating this deal, this agreement, this treaty, this normalization of, of uh, uh, normalizing of uh, uh, relationships between Israel and two Gulf Arab states, both UAE and Bahrain. That was and should be considered enormous. But last night, I think it gets bumped from the uh, top headline by the Chinese doctor that Tucker Carlson brought onto the airwaves. This doctor, a virologist, said that there is no way that the coronavirus that has upset the balance of the world, the coronavirus that has led to hundreds of thousands of deaths, almost 200,000 in the United States alone, did not originate in some bat soup coming from a Chinese Wuhan, China uh, wet market. It had nothing to do with animals. It had everything to do, everything to do with the Chinese Communist Party experimenting and creating this extraordinary super virus in the Chinese top bioweapons lab in Wuhan, China. She said she has evidence of it. She has seen the genome 
Uh, you know, essentially what she described as a fingerprint. It's like our fingerprints. Prints. It is unmistakable. It does not exist in nature. It does not exist in bats. It does not exist in any other animal. This was created and it was intentionally released by the Chinese Communist Party. That is extraordinary. Now I'm going to let you listen to this virologist. She, uh, her name is is a little difficult to pronounce. We're just going to call her Yan for now. The you know for short. Uh, because it's part of the name. At any rate, her her English is somewhat broken, as you can imagine, someone who is a native Chinese speaker. She is way better at English than I would be at speaking Chinese, so I do not condemn this in any way. But just understand, listen carefully. The accents on some words are a little bit different than you're used to, but her point is very uh, easily understood. So I want you to listen carefully to what uh, this Chinese virologist said to Tucker last night. This should be the top story in the nation. And it should be, by the way, what every government official pays attention to, because China is going to have to pay an extraordinary price for this. And I'm not saying we bomb China, but I mean seriously, on an international scale, there needs to be a reckoning once what this doctor says is indeed proven. And our media class were complicit in that. The only way to get to the truth, as always, is to keep asking questions, no matter what they say. And we're going to do that again right now. Li Meng Yan is the virologist who says she has evidence about where this pandemic actually came from. We're happy to have her on tonight. Doctor, thanks so much for coming on. Hi, so, Tucker. Hi, Tucker. I, thank you. Thank you. I know that you've published some of your research. You're planning on publishing more soon. Give us, for a non-scientific audience, a summary of why you believe this virus came from a lab in Wuhan. Please. Okay. Briefly, from my first report, I can present the solid scientific evidence to our audience that this virus, COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2 virus, actually is not from nature. It is a man-made virus created in the lab based on the China military discovered and owned the very unique bad coronavirus, which cannot affect people, but after the modification becomes the very harmful virus. All right, I'm going to pause that there just to make sure. By the way, her name wasn't that difficult after all. It's Li Mengyan. I thought it was difficult. Li Mengyan. What she just said is the virus is does not come from nature, and if there is a bat coronavirus, it is not harmful to humans. It had to be altered. It had to be altered. It had to be changed. It had to be basically created in a lab. This is what she just said, and now let's listen to more. And now, so I have evidence to show why they can do it, what they have done, how did they do it. So what you're saying is much more sinister even than we've suggested on this show, than Tom Cotton, than almost anyone suggested. You're saying that the Chinese government manufactured this virus, if I'm hearing you correctly. That's what you're saying? Yes, exactly. Based on the virus genome, it's basically like our fingerprint. So you can see the very unusual characters in their genome, which clearly based on the other evidence they left during the modification, we can say finally this is exactly the one come from their own special bad coronavirus and then target human. 
So again, if you heard all of that, or if you couldn't hear some of it, I'll just try to try to restate it. Um, the genome of the virus is like our fingerprints. They're very unique and only one of a kind. This genome that was left behind proves that the bat virus that was harmless in nature is not the virus that is spreading around the world. It had to be modified. And it was modified, and she says there is evidence and proof that it was modified in that Wuhan lab. More. What you're alleging is shocking more even than I anticipated when we invited you on. So I, I just want to ask the most obvious question, which is this, this genome presumably is in the possession of many researchers around the world. Why is nobody saying yeah. this if it's true? Yeah. Why there is nobody want to say it? It's because of the big suppression come from the Chinese Communist Party government and also their friend in scientific world. So basically, this is very clearly that this virus is like Frankenstein. So he created those things like basically a cow has deer's head, has rabbit's ear, and also have monkey's hand. So they can never get it from the nature. And there were evidence left in the genome. But the scientific world also keeps silence, work together with Chinese Communist Party. They don't want people to know this truth. Also, that's why I get suspended, I get suppression, I, is, I am the target that Chinese Communist Party won't be disappeared. That, to me, was the money line. If you heard, again, if you heard it but didn't quite understand all of it, she said this virus, first of all, uh, the reason the rest of the world doesn't know about it is because of the suppression practices of the Chinese government, of the Communist Chinese Party. They suppress and silence anyone who has this information. She said that's why she was disappeared. She was suspended from the scientific community between the Chinese Communist government and their friends, and she said also in the, the scientific community, and you can read into that, the WHO, among others. But the best part was her great analogy, her description of this virus as being like a Frankenstein. The Frankenstein monster, of course, according to the story, uh, was you know made up of various parts from several other beings in order to create the monster, including the brain, etc. She said it's like a cow with a deer's head, rabbit's ears and monkey hands in other words the virus takes different components of other viruses and blends them together which is why this virus the novel coronavirus acts differently than any other virus that has come along because it was manufactured it was modified and it was created to be that way now, that's only part one. I'm going to give you a little bit more of that interview coming up right after this. But this should be the biggest story of the day, uncovering the true origin of the Chinese coronavirus. And once again, most importantly, validating President Trump and others who continue to call it the Chinese coronavirus or the Chinese virus or the Wuhan virus or the Kung flu. I don't care who it offends. The point is that Chinese communists created it intentionally in a lab and released it on the world for their own benefit. More coming up after this, AM 1420, The Answer.
Got a bit of a breaking news story here in front of me. If I saw this correctly, a uh, flash just came across. News flash just came across my screen. And uh, do I have good news for Ohio State football fans? We might. Apparently, according to the Big Ten Conference, yeah, the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors adopted significant medical protocols and has voted unanimously to resume the football season, or in other words, start it, beginning the weekend of October 23rd and 24th. So the Big Ten will play football this fall after reports that the votes had passed and Nebraska's president saying as much on a hot mic, the Big Ten has finally made it official after initially canceling the season. They are going to play this fall starting next month. That's huge. That's huge, especially for people like me who want to watch football but refuse to watch the woke NFL. All right, uh, I want to finish with uh, the uh, another clip anyway, <clears throat> finish this half hour with another clip of the conversation last night between Tucker Carlson and a Chinese virologist who had been disappeared, essentially, and has been suspended from the scientific community. She has also had her account shut down on Twitter because she is telling the truth that the coronavirus was made in a Wuhan lab by the Chinese Communist Party and released intentionally. Here's the rest of that conversation. Historic pandemic involve everyone. How do you believe this virus made its way from the lab in Wuhan outside to the rest of the world? Okay, first, as I said, I have, uh, I have this kind of solid scientific evidence, and also my next report will come out soon to make you fully understand it is. The other thing is, I work in the WHO reference lab, which is the top coronavirus lab in the world in the University of Hong Kong. And since I get deeply into such investigation in secret from the early beginning of this outbreak, I had my intelligence because I also get my own unique network in China, involved the hospital, institute, and also government. Also, I work with the top coronavirologists in the world. So together with my experience, I can tell you this is created in the lab. This is from that template owned by China military. And also it is spread to the world to make such damage. The, her credentials are impeccable. You heard her, if you understood, didn't understand, understand some of that, rather. Um, she said she works in the WHO lab. She works with some of the top coronavirologists in the world. And she has absolute evidence of proof because she has access to things that nobody else does or very few other people do that prove that this was created in that lab. More. To make such damage, do you believe the Chinese government released this intentionally, on purpose? Did they do this? Yes, of course, it's intentionally. And even no need more evidence, you already can see what they try to cover up from the early beginning, as I reviewed in different medias before, and also what else they have done, like making the fabricated virus to throw out the natural origin theory, censorship, everything that every evidence point to the lab origins, and also clearly try to make people like me want to talk about the truth get disappeared. They have tried to take, make people like me who want to talk about the truth get disappeared. 
censoring the truth after evidence came out that this was born in a Wuhan uh, bioweapons lab by the Chinese Communist Party military. I mean, this is extraordinary. And the courage of this woman who is playing with her life. Remember, we're talking about crossing the communists in China. You understand that? You understand what happens to, to dissidents in communist countries? Just look at the history of communism throughout the world and look at the millions of people who were killed for far less than what she is doing right now, which is exposing this extraordinary plot. And I cannot wait to see what she is able to put. Now, I, the one thing that wasn't clear to me as I watched this last night, I don't know where she is. I'm assuming she is no longer in China or she is in grave danger. I am assuming she is protected somewhere in a Western country and preferably and hopefully here in the United States. Because what she is doing is very, very dangerous. Her courage and her expertise, like I said, I think this should be the biggest story in the, not just the country, but in the world this morning. Jack Windsor joins us to talk about the Ohio response to the Chinese Communist Party-generated coronavirus. Uh, he'll join us next on AM 1420, The Answer. Bob France, here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 937, let's step into the Wayback Machine. And, well, not a Wayback, it was only yesterday. It's a little bit back machine. And listen to the question from Jack Windsor to Governor Mike DeWine. Uh, yesterday, a federal judge in Pennsylvania issued a declaratory judgment that struck down Governor Wolf's business closures, gathering limits, and his stay-at-home orders in that state. And the judge said, quote, even in an emergency, the authority of the government is not unfettered. Uh, the liberties protected by the Constitution are not fair-weather freedoms in place when times are good, but able to be cast aside in times of trouble. Uh, now, the judge's decision was based upon federal constitutional considerations. So although at this point the decision is persuasive, uh, it's not binding on Ohio. Uh, it may end up having implications here, perhaps. So, Governor, a simple but important question today. Uh, you've said in the past wearing masks, abiding by uh, business restrictions and honoring limits on social gatherings is the way for Ohioans to buy or earn their freedom. Uh, do you believe that in the United States, freedom is something that citizens must earn? Or do you agree with the federal judge that constitutional freedoms are granted unconditionally to everyone at all times, not just when it's convenient? Well, we have a wonderful constitution. Uh, we are blessed with the constitution that we have. We're blessed with the liberty that we have. Um, you know, I would I would go back to what some of our founders said. Uh, you know, these 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 basic rights uh, do not come from government. These basic rights come from God. So I don't think you and I, Jack, will quarrel on that. Uh, what happened in Pennsylvania? I don't know. I don't know anything about the case. I don't know what their statute says. Uh, so I don't. You know, I'm not going to comment on on that. But uh, you know, liberties that we have, the, the rights that we have, uh, protected by our Constitution. Um, I do not think it's unfettered. I do not, don't think there's unlimited, um, the, or that my power or any elected official's power is is uh, unlimited at all. So, so Governor Mike DeWine, Governor Mike DeWine, essentially said that yeah, our rights do come from God, not from man. And yet, what he did not do then is say why he has challenged Ohioans to earn those rights back. And that was the essence of Jack Windsor's question, who joins us now to discuss. Jack Windsor, WMFD Television and Managing Editor at the Ohio Star. Good morning, Jack. How are you? Bob France, I'm super fantastic. It's an honor to be here uh, with you and the 1420 audience. Thank you for choosing me. 
Uh, always a pleasure, and I'm glad we chose you for tonight as well. We'll talk about the webinar in a few minutes. But, Jack, if you would have had a chance at a follow-up question, which I know you don't get with the governor, particularly when you're in this virtual situation, you get one time to talk and then you're cut off and that's it. What would you have said, and what do you say now in response to his response? Well, I'm probably a little more lighthearted today than, than other days. Uh, I chuckled at the end. I don't know if you caught that. He said, there's probably more you and I agree on than you think. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he said that with kind of an ornery grin, and that made me laugh when I saw it live. Um, uh, so I, I, I wouldn't have been my first follow-up, but I would have said, well, that's interesting, Governor, because you've called several of my questions uh, conspiracist and conspiratory. Uh, where do we, where do we uh, align and where do we differ? Uh, but, look, the real follow-up question is, regardless of the Pennsylvania state statute, the case was heard and decided in the U.S. District Court. And it's a federal decision based on federal constitutional law. So I would have liked to have understood more uh, what part of our existing mandates um, and orders uh, can we walk away from. And, you know, I took some flack yesterday, but I have followed these press conferences, obviously, for you know, almost six months now. And uh, we've been told our masks uh, represent our freedom. And if we're going to get back to normal, uh, we have to socially distance. We have to follow the orders. We have to make sure that we're not uh, gathering in large numbers and that we're doing exactly what we're told. To me, uh, that is buying our freedom. Um, And that is explicitly what Judge William Stickman said you can't do. You can't do it uh, because these freedoms exist uh, even in times like this. Jack, you said you took some flack from whom? Uh, Just just traditional social media stuff, like, hey, he oh, didn't okay. say that. He, he didn't say that we had to buy our freedom. He didn't say that we had to earn it. Um, and kind of, uh, did he ever come out and say directly, hey, you have to do this in order to be free? When somebody holds up a mask and says, this is a symbol of your freedom, uh, instead of the flag and instead of the United States Constitution, I'm sorry, that message is not very mixed for me. Um, and it has been said, whether it's uh, passively or directly over the past six months, that, again, we have to socially distance and follow these orders if we want to get back to normal. So I count it that way. Uh, I used the very strong language in my question intentionally. Yeah, and, you know, whether you say buy or earn our freedom back, the fact of the matter is it's, it's, it's blackmail is what it is. You follow my rules and you wear this thing, or I'm not lifting any orders. I'm not going to let people go back to their jobs fully. I'm not going to allow everything to be open fully. I'm not going to lift the restrictions on the schools, et cetera, et cetera. It's essentially a blackmail play. You might not say it's earning or buying, but you're, what he is saying is you wear these and do what you're told, or I'm not letting you loose. And that is... You know, that, that I, I can't really think of a synonym for blackmail, but that's what it is. It really is. And it's not just me standing up on a mountaintop saying this, and it's not just you, Bob. Uh, in May, it was Lake County Common Pleas Judge Eugene Lucci. Uh, and then, you know, later on down the line in June, I think it was Judge Bennett. Uh, and then in July, it was Ashland County, uh, the judge there. And uh, in Warren County, I think in, in August. Uh, Judge uh, Tepe there. Uh, these judges have come out and said, in one way or another, these orders are arbitrary, they're unconstitutional, and you can't enforce them. Um, but yet, we continue to, to go down that road, despite the data that we have, and despite some very serious questions about uh, the numbers and the validity of the numbers. 
Um, let's talk a little bit more about that Pennsylvania ruling, because it is important, even though the governor dismissed it and said, well, I don't know what their statute says. You know, the, the statutes, don't, the letter of the law, the letter of the statutes are not important when the orders are almost identical. And the Pennsylvania orders, um, you know, again, with the same thing with respect to businesses being closed, essential businesses <laughs> being allowed to remain open, the restrictions on capacity when you do come back, limitations on church, if any uh, uh, church gatherings are allowed at all, all of these things, <clears throat> excuse me, that we have dealt with in Ohio, uh, Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania uh, uh, issued as well the same types of orders, and the and, and another judge, albeit in another state, said this is unconstitutional. You simply cannot do this. Uh, and of course, appeals are underway, so you know the the uh, judge's order has been stayed to lift those things. But it really is the same thing as we see here, and I don't know how many that makes now, but it's more than a handful of judges who have determined that yes, this is overreach by the the executives. Absolutely. And so the hearing of these appeals and the uh, decisions uh, on these appealed cases, that, that's going to be huge. But there's a common theme, right? And that theme is that you cannot cast aside these rights in times of trouble. And the judge said, you know, the restrictions on gatherings, uh, that's a First Amendment violation. The stay-at-home orders and the business orders, those violated due process clauses, uh, the due process clause of the 14th Amendment. And we've talked in Ohio about uh, fair takings. When you force a business to shutter or force someone out of an income and you don't, one, compensate them fairly, and two, compensate them quickly, that's a violation as well. Uh, I think it, the problem is due process is slow, and that's kind of the, you know, oh my goodness, frustrating part, part about this. When you, you don't honor due process on the front end and stuff gets taken away, but then the people who have had the things taken away have to go through the process of due process uh, it's just, it's frustrating, and I think that's where we find ourselves right now. Uh, more more so than ever in Ohio, I think people are frustrated uh, by their inability to live life as normal. Jack Windsor is my guest. Jack is uh, with WMFD Television. You heard him questioning the governor again yesterday. He's also the managing editor of the Ohio Star. There's an article on the Star website right now, uh, uh, Jack Windsor, uh, talking about data showing 40% of Ohio's counties experienced a rise in coronavirus cases seven weeks after the mask mandate was ordered. Uh, this is very different than what Mike DeWine is saying. Uh, can you tell us where that disparity comes in and what you're reporting here? And I know this isn't your uh, work. This is uh, Jason Reynolds, but uh, you are the managing editor. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so it, it really is... The heart of it is this, you know, the administration has kind of played both sides of the numbers, right? We've heard that, um, hey, the numbers have gone down, and it's a result of the, the mask mandate. Well, actually, when you look at when the mask mandate was enacted, I want to say it was uh, the 23rd, and the case um, velocity started slowing down and declining before that, a full 10 to 12 days before that. The same thing happened in the city of Columbus, which is one area that the governor points to often, uh, and said once uh, Mayor uh, Ginther put the uh, mask mandate in place, the numbers started to decline. When you actually start assigning uh, the cases by date of onset, not date that they were reported, that curve was actually on the downslide as well. Um, and so, one, there, there were some declines. But two, there are some areas, and this is the hard question that we have to figure out. There are some areas where um, even even though there are mask mandates and even though we're told that 90% of people are masking, in some areas, um, those uh, those cases continue to rise. So which is it? 
is is the masking working or is the masking not working? Uh, I am not a doctor. I'm not a virologist, but I've uh, you know I've talked to um, uh, an epidemiologist who said, look, you're really not going to stop the virus. The virus is going to run its course. That to me, that's the crux of it. That appears to be what is happening. The virus is running its course. And despite the fact that we're wearing masks, um, and again, we'll even go back to, we know this thing was here in November of last year at least. So there is a really good chance that people had this uh, during the holidays last year. And the PCR testing that we're using now, if they didn't have it in February or March, they might have had it in April or May or June. Well, the fragmentation that those PCR tests pick up could be from a virus that they had three months ago. Oh, and by the way, it could be from a virus that's a cousin to the coronavirus. So, um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of data that suggests that we don't really have a handle on the best policy. But yet what we continue to hear is that the jury return and masking works. And yeah, the, the data doesn't support that. The data does not. And it doesn't necessarily say it is another failure, but it is completely inconclusive because there is mixed results in different counties, which is why having a widespread, you know, one, you know, one size fits all mandate makes no sense whatsoever. And yet the governor has, has, you know, is sticking by this despite his uh, pl- uh, proclamation that if, and he said this during the announcement on July 23rd, if, all Ohioans will just wear these masks for four weeks. And then he said maybe six weeks, four to six weeks, he said, um, that we will crush this thing and we'll be fine. Well, we're on what, week eight now, I think, since yeah. July 23rd? We're on week yeah. eight. Uh, I want to know why this order isn't being lifted like he said. And if it is because it isn't working, well, then now we know that it was it was pointless in the first place. Amen. Yeah, I couldn't have said that better myself. And I think that's one of the things that people are frustrated with. Again, you know, in the beginning, it was, we need two weeks to flatten the curve. This was about ramping hospital capacity and making sure that we weren't overrun and, you know, getting crushed with deaths and severe illnesses at one time. And we succeeded with that. And now we're being asked to mask up for four to six weeks. And according to what he says, uh, 90% of us are doing that. And that was the percentage that he wanted. So, um, you know, at some point, you have to deliver on your word and deliver on your promise. That's exactly right. Jack Windsor is our guest. Jack, I'm going to ask you to hold on for a second here while we uh, take our traffic break. I'm going to come back and talk about our Citizens for Free Speech webinar tonight. You are the guest speaker, the guest presenter for our very first CFFS Ohio event, and I want to ask you about what you plan to talk about and uh, what the viewers can look forward to right after this. Okay, 954 now. We continue AM 1420 The Answer. I got Jack Windsor for a couple of more minutes here. Jack Windsor, managing editor at the Ohio Star. He is also a reporter for the uh, WMFD television down in Mansfield. And also, Jack, one more uh, little title here. You're going to be a contributing writer to uh, Breitbart News, right? Yeah, I think that is coming down the pike. Uh, We have to get the logistics worked out. But yes, we have some good content that we definitely want to be able to share on that platform. That's a huge platform, and I'm very, very uh, anxious to see uh, where you take that because uh, the work you've done already for the Ohio Star is incredible. Let's take that to a national level. Jack, uh, we're going we're gonna to reach uh, national and international because we're online tonight. Citizens for Free Speech, nonprofit, 501c3 organization dedicated to preserving and defending the First Amendment. I am involved with it, obviously, and you are going to be as well tonight as our first guest of our first online webinar. I want to tell people this uh, before I ask you what you're going to talk about. 
You need to be a member of Citizens for Free Speech to watch the webinar. And you can do that by going to citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio. At the bottom of the page, you'll see a registration form. Just fill out the membership information. It's free. And it, uh, we do not share or sell information, so your personal information is safe and secure there. Fill out that information to be a member of CFFS. Then it will prompt you right to the registration page for tonight's Zoom webinar with Jack Windsor. And Jack, again, as our first presenter, um, I know you've got some very important information you're going to share. Can you give us a little preview of what we're going to talk about? Sure, I'll give you a sneak peek. I'm going to talk about the three W's tonight. The war we find ourselves in why we must engage, and what it's going to take. So I'll take us through those three W's uh, from the unique perspective that I've had and in, in the honor and privilege I've had of covering Ohio's COVID-19 response uh, on behalf of our listeners and viewers. And in the process of doing that, uh, you know, I've been exposed to a lot politically, socially, uh, and globally, understanding what forces are at play here. So I'm excited to unpack all of that. Jack, why do you think you have become such an in-demand speaker um, and presenter, etc.? cetera? Uh, there's a lot of reporters doing what you're doing. There's a lot of reporters covering these press conferences on a twice-a-week basis, writing about it, uh, you know, reporting what the governor has said, talking to other sources. What has, what has been the difference between you and everybody else? I wish I knew that the total answer to that I think question, you know. Bob. I think you know. Don't be afraid to say it. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I think there are a couple of things. I was able to talk with a former Ohio State football player yesterday, and uh, you know, he gave me a very high compliment uh, that I'm deeply appreciative of. And he said, you know, you keep going back. You keep asking the hard questions despite you know having a target on your back. And I think that's it. That's the crux of it. I, I am able to listen to our viewers and our readers and put together questions that they want answers to. They're not popular questions. Um, and just to continue to move forward. And, uh, you know, not to get preachy on you, but that's what the Bible says. You win when you keep moving forward. You just can't stop. Um, and I think there's a relentlessness to what we're doing that is attractive. That is very well said. And don't worry about getting preachy. Preach away. Uh, you're right. Uh, any, I mean, I mean, and that's that's great to hear. We have an audience that I know is deeply appreciative of that. And Jack, that 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 is what I was expecting the answer to be because I know it to be. You are asking questions nobody else will ask. You're not softballing him every time you ask him a question. You're not accepting everything that he says at face value, especially when you have evidence that contradicts what he is saying. Most reporters are just willing to go along, you know, like sheep with whatever the narrative the governor says is because nobody wants to be looked at with the side eye nobody wants to catch the shade and say but wait a minute governor what about this they're just willing to allow their freedoms to be taken away from them their businesses to be harmed etc etc as long as they don't get themselves in trouble you are willing to accept the criticism you're willing to accept the uh like i said those sideward glances and other things by uh, asking the questions and the hard follow-up questions when you're able to uh you know that need to be asked and I think that's what most people appreciate, and I know that's what we appreciate. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I'll say this: you're going to get—they're going to try to cancel you either way. Either you stand up and you speak out, and they try to cancel you there, or you live the life that you want to live as an American, uh, honoring the Constitution, honoring your freedoms, and uh, you know they're going to try to cancel those. So, you know, I would—I'd much that's rather get canceled on the front end, fighting and going down with the fight. 
than to sit on my hands and try to have to explain to my daughter 15 or 20 years down the road why I didn't do anything. That is extraordinarily well said. So once again, if you want to hear more from Jack Windsor, and if you want him to answer your questions rather than just mine, you're going to want to visit and watch and view the webinar tonight for Citizens for Free Speech Ohio. And once again, Jack will be our guest. It starts at 7.30 tonight. You cannot just log in and watch it. You have to become a member of CFFS Ohio and then register for the Zoom link. And the only way you can do that is at citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio. Scroll to the bottom of the page where it says be the solution starting today fill out your membership information it is totally free no credit cards or any of that nonsense it's totally free and your information will not be shared with anyone then once you click sign up it will take you to the registration page so that you can get the link to watch the zoom webinar tonight with our featured presenter jack windsor who will give us the three w's war why and what and I cannot wait to see what he has to say about that tonight. And then you will be able to ask him questions in the Q&A uh, after his presentation. Uh, Jack Windsor, thank you, my friend. God bless you for all the great work that you're doing. And I look forward to talking to you and talking to you in much more depth tonight. It's always a pleasure, Bob. Thank you. Have a blessed day. Thank, thank you, Jeff. Or Jeff. Jack. Thank you, Jack. I've been calling, I've been talking to Jack Windsor for four months now. And for some reason, I just called him Jeff. Jack Windsor will be our guide tonight. Again, uh, log on to citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio and register right now. All right. Uh, if you thought that was great stuff, and I do because Jack is terrific, you're going to love what's coming next. It's a Wednesday edition of Cursenow. Peter Cursenow will be joining us after the news on AM 1420, The Answer.